You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of... Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Jim, how are you, lad? How you doing? Brent, I'm doing super. How's everything at CBS? It's good. It's good. How about you? Listen, this is a great time of year, you know? You've got March Madness marching in, and then uh, chaos breaks out with the quarterbacks in the NFL. You can't beat it. I'm living the dream, lad. Hey, now, it's cracking. Welcome back to the Jim Rome Podcast. I am really excited about today because... We have a giant conversation on deck for episode 212 this week because this week we have a giant of the broadcast game to the original side hustle with us, a living legend and one of the most familiar voices to ever come through a headset, a man who really needs no introduction whatsoever, but he's about to get one nonetheless. My guest this week is Brent Musburger. Brent has spent more than a half a century watching, calling, and breaking down games in pretty much every sport imaginable. He had a legendary 22-year run at CBS and then a legendary 27-year run at ESPN. And now in his 80s, he has managed to reinvent himself in Las Vegas because Brent was way out in front of the sports gambling boom, which led him to launch the VEASAN Sports and Information Network back in 2017. And he is still calling games in the desert as well as the radio voice of the Raiders. In other words, Brent is still a very busy man. He's been a very busy man for more than five decades. So let's not waste another second and let's get right to this conversation. It is episode 212 with iconic broadcaster Brent Musburger and it's coming at you right now. Brent, what an absolute thrill to get to talk to you. Thank you so much for making time to do so. How are you, and how is 2022 treating you and yours, Brent? Oh, listen, it's just great to be on uh, this side of the terra firma, Jim. Thanks for inviting me, my friend. I've been listening to you listening to you for years, and uh, you, you still do a great job. A lot of energy, Jim. I love it. Man, it means the world to me, Brent. I would say the exact same thing about you. In fact, I'm going to say that about you right now because I am absolutely fascinated and, frankly, Brent, in awe of the way you have reinvented yourself at this stage of your career and your life. What was your process for doing so, and what have the last few years been like for you, Brent? Well, you know, it was interesting, Jim, because I was going to retire with my nephew's betting company, VSIN, out here in Las Vegas. He talked me into leaving ESPN, and, of course, as you know, 
I've never been against uh, dropping a couple of shekels on a ball game here and there. So I came to Las Vegas, and accidentally one night I ran into a Raiders owner, Mark Davis, and he said, would you do the play-by-play for the Raiders? And I honestly thought at first maybe he was just kidding me. Uh, and then I realized he wasn't, that he wanted me to do it. He had already hired John Gruden, whom I had known very, very well, not only as a coach, but uh, certainly when he came into broadcasting with ESPN on Monday Night Football. So came back and talked to my wife, and she said, Brent, you love it. Go go back and do it for him. And so off I went, and uh, I, I really have enjoyed it. I've been blessed with having a great analyst, uh, the great Lincoln Kennedy, of course, who was an offensive lineman up at Washington you know, I'm so old, I covered all these guys that I'm working with, Jim. I, he was a Washington Husky. I was in a Rose Bowl uh, broadcast when Lincoln was playing for the great Don James. So so it's been really fun. And uh, one of my sons is a spotter. And, of course, last year we went through more turmoil than any NFL franchise has gone through that I can remember. And Coach Rich Passaccia stepped in there and sort of calmed the waters, if you will, and we were able to get into the playoffs and then, lost to the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. So I I honestly have really enjoyed it. Sports has been my life. I tell everybody, Jim, I never had to grow up. I I just love going to the games, talking to athletes, watching them compete. I've really enjoyed my life. So, Brent, your life is amazing, and you sound absolutely incredible. Let me ask you this. Like, I've got a podcast, Brent, called The Reinvention Project, and my premise behind this is at age 57, not only am I not looking for an off-ramp or a a beach or a golf course, I'm trying to ensure, Brent, that my next 25 years professionally and personally are actually my best years, that they're in front of me and not behind me, and it seems to me I can only do this if I reinvent my mind and my body and my spirit. Brent, you are in your eighth decade. You are still killing it. You're still grinding it out. I love this. I need to know, what is your mindset and your approach every single day? What is getting you up early and out of bed every single day now? Well, never retire. That would be my advice to you, Jim. Never, ever retire. You will not enjoy it. You love sports just like I do, and there will always be a way for you to stay around it, and you will do that. So just keep doing it. I run into so many guys uh, hanging out in the casinos when I go down to visit my bookmaker friends, and, and they're lonely, they're unhappy, uh, they retired. They retired too early. Uh, find something to do. Uh, energize yourself. If you love sports, uh, stay around it. I get up. Well, this morning I was up around 5.30, you know, taking a look at uh, what was going on in the world. So sad, obviously, uh, over in Europe right now. Uh, But then checking in on all the sports stories. And then uh, suddenly, you know, news was breaking that Russell Wilson had been traded from Seattle to Denver. And, of course, uh, that really caught my attention. So I made some phone calls and just stayed with it, talked to my friends. And when you think about the AFC West, and here we've got Derek Carr who's coming off a a fine season. Think of the quarterbacks we've got, Jim. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, you know, Justin Herbert down with the Chargers in Los Angeles, and now we've added Russell Wilson. It's definitely the vision of quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Well, I know what you mean. You beat me to it, Brent. I was going to ask you about that because you do do the play-by-play for the Raiders. I'm not – I was going to say to you, you've watched a lot of football, but when you look at the AFC West and you've got Mahomes, you've got Herbert, you've got Wilson, you've got Derek Carr under center, you touched on this, but do you ever recall a division that had better quarterback play top to bottom than what we're going to see in the AFC West? No. Uh, you know, there's always a weak link someplace. 
but even I think now people are starting to appreciate uh, the value of Derek Carr. Uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously has won a Super Bowl, as has Russell. And Justin Herbert, arguably, maybe just of the young quarterbacks over the last couple of seasons who've come into the league. So it's a, it's a dramatic division. And when the schedule comes out, Jim, you will see that the NFL, they will schedule the AFC West teams in prime time on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night. That's, that's how good this division is going to be and how competitive. You know, I thought last year, obviously, that the NFC West was the division of quarterbacks. Now, you can argue about Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously. Uh, he's not an elite quarterback. Sounds like the 49ers are going to move on from him. We'll have to wait and see. But Russell was up in Seattle. And, of course, the Rams that made the, made the big move with Matthew Stafford marched to a Super Bowl victory behind him. What a great drive that was in the fourth quarter, by the way. And then Kyler Murray. Let's not forget that the uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, broke on top, and people were talking uh, about Kyler being the MVP of the league over the first six weeks. So that was the division of quarterbacks a year ago. But this year, Clearly, the focus will be on the AFC West. Listen, the very best athletes know that your championship body is not built in a day. The same is true when it comes to your long-term financial goals. Get financially fit with M1, the finance super app. It's commission-free, and it makes growing your money easier so you can strategize for the end game. Build a custom portfolio or choose a pre-built portfolio that speaks to your goals. Then... Automate your everyday money moves and use your extra time to watch the highlights. They even make it easy to stick to your investing strategy by automatically rebalancing your investments every time you buy into your portfolio. That keeps your investments close to where you want them. That way your portfolio sticks to the plan for the long game. There are no huddle-ups needed. Visit m1finance.com sports. That's M with the number one. Sign up and see why Money, Investopedia, and Yahoo Finance are proud super fans of M1. That's M, the number one, dot com slash sports. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. M1 Finance, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Okay, so Brent, to that point, I was saying the exact same thing about Kyler Murray, and I believed it. I was selling hard that he was an MVP candidate, and I was doing so on a show that you're very familiar with, the NFL Today on CBS. And my guy Boomer Esiason started to really give it to me about that and that take. You know, I'm picking my spots, Brent, because you've had such an amazing life, an amazing career. But I've made appearances on the NFL Today and CBS for several years now. It's been an absolute blast. It's been one of my favorite experiences of my entire career. You, of course, anchored that show for so many years, Brent. When you look back on your time with the network and with that show in particular, what kind of thoughts and memories do you have? Uh, so many, so many memories and, and thoughts about it, Jim. First of all, you should understand that uh, the head of CBS Sports, Bob Wessler, really came out of news over there. He always thought there should be live broadcasts leading up to the NFL. Uh, prior to the NFL today, uh, which began in 1975 on CBS, but prior to that, the pregame show, it was Pat Summerall and Jack Whitaker. They actually taped it on Friday afternoon and then ran it before the opening kickoffs. And Bob said, uh, Brent, do you think you can do a live lead-in to the games live halftime, live postgame, I said, I don't see why not. And he moved on and, and hired Irv Cross as my first analyst with the NFL today. And I'd known Irv because both of us went to Northwestern, and he was a great, great athlete. And he called me and said, do you know a Miss America? 
I named Phyllis George. And I said, Bob, I have to tell you, I don't follow the Miss America pageant that close. But Phyllis came in, and, and she was wonderful to be around, Jim. She was the, the first woman who was in a prominent role with American sports. And I think everybody was comfortable with Phyllis. She didn't pretend to be an expert. Uh, she was excellent at interviewing athletes. We'd send her out. She had great personality, and the people enjoyed being with her on Sunday. Then that next year, Bob calls me and says, do you know a gambler by the name of Jimmy the Greek? And I laughed, and I said, yes, I do. I travel out to Las Vegas, especially as a newspaper man, when I was with the Cubs and the White Sox. On my way to the West Coast, I would always stop off in Vegas, and I met Jimmy. wasn't a good friend of his, but I certainly knew him and had gone to dinner with him a couple of times. And brought him in, and i got to tell you a great anecdote, because we went over to Commissioner Pete Rosell's office, and Bob, Jimmy the Greek, and me, it was just the three of us we met for about an hour. I knew that Pete Rosell liked to bet on horses, so I figured that we had a shot to have a little gambling segment on the NFL today. And at the end of the meeting, uh, Commissioner Rosell said, I've just got one favor to ask of you fellas. And when he said favor to ask, I knew, and so did Bob, and so did Jimmy, this was an order. Would you please, when you're on the air, don't say plus three, minus three, plus seven, minus ten. And I, my heart fell because I thought, my goodness, that's the heart of betting on football. So we walked back to BlackRock, and I'll never forget, we, we devised this kind of, well, let's use a checkboard. And Greek, if you have so many checks on one side under one team, people will know that you really like that team to cover the spread. So that was the, the invention of the Greeks' uh, chalkboard. But the NFL today, uh, listen, I wouldn't have had near – I wouldn't have had any probably of the success I've had had it not been for that broadcast. Uh, I loved it, uh, enjoyed every minute when I was on the air with, uh, with any of those. So Jane Kennedy came on for a while. Uh, Phyllis stepped away for a few years and and she too was a was a wonderful hostess this show brent was so far ahead of its time that's such a great anecdote that you share about pete roselle and the greek you mentioned the horses brent so my wife janet and i still own and breed some thoroughbreds we don't have the numbers that we used to but we're still involved and some of the most surreal moments brent in my entire life not just my career but my life have revolved around the thoroughbreds in the game i'm curious how do you for those who don't know how do you feel about the sport of kings and how much time do you devote to it on your shows now honestly it has dropped way off unfortunately it's an older demographic that follows thoroughbred racing i'm part of it i love it i i look forward to the kentucky derby coming around the battle of the three-year-olds uh, every year i love the breeders cup in the fall uh, but it has slipped with the younger generation. I'm not sure, uh, Jim, but maybe the younger generation likes fixed odds better than paramutual. I've always thought about that a little bit. Uh, they like the number that they know what they're going to get paid when they bet a, a football or a, or a game coming up in March Madness. And, of course, at paramutual, you have no idea because the dust hasn't settled. I'm not sure that's the that's the total answer. I I honestly think that the racing community should have gotten together many, many years ago, that they should have had a commissioner uh, who ruled over the sport in the United States from California to Florida and New York. Uh, but the time has passed. Obviously, it's a big event game uh, right now. You're involved in it. You know. But, but what I've seen dramatically is uh, the falling off of the younger generation following thoroughbred racing like they do, did when I grew up as a newspaper man in Chicago. Goodness, in the 60s and 70s, I mean, everybody followed thoroughbred horse racing. 
This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Hey, let me ask you something. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device which lets you catch the game live. You have another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's login info for all the good stuff. Let me tell you something. I've got a simple way for you to get all that entertainment that you love without all that hassle. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Brent, you're so right about everything you just said. I can't tell you how many meetings and phone calls I've been a part of where that's the very topic. How do we get younger? How do we get younger? And it comes up all the time. Brent, I have to, I've been trying to ask you about VEASAN because I'm so fascinated by this. Like, tell the story because you were in the middle of a long-term deal at ESPN when you made the jump. You had a sure thing. You had security. You know, frankly, respectfully, it was a seven-figure deal. I mean, you were doing great. When this came about, did you feel like going to VEASAN was a no-brainer and a sure thing, or did it feel risky and speculative to you? What was your mindset? Uh, it felt a little risky. I- I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, yes, I was very, very comfortable and-, and enjoyed the people I worked with at-, at ESPN, and it was a three-year contract. Fortunately, management was nice enough uh, to-, to let me out of the contract. One of the last conversations I had was Bob Iger, who I had known when he was with ABC Sports. And, of course, at this time when I left, he was heading up the Disney Corporation, uh, asked me to stay, and and I told him the truth. I said, Bob, listen, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for my nephew and my family. Uh, we're all very, very close. Uh, he thinks the time is right, and I'm not so sure that he's wrong. I said, uh, Nevada is much closer to Montana than Florida is. I lived in Florida at the time, and I said, you know, I've got property up in Montana. We spent much of the summer up there, Jim. So we came out, and and almost immediately, I could tell that it was going to be a success, and that was because there was an operator by the name of Michael Gunn. He's one of the independent operators here, and he owned the South Point, and he built VSIN, and my nephew Brian, basically a million-dollar studio there alongside the sports book. And I could tell from the energy of the of the early people who came on board, uh, Matt Newmans, who worked for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and the rest of them, that that there was so much energy behind this project. Now I didn't know that the Supreme Court was going to rule in favor of the state of New Jersey. I knew that they had a suit pending, uh, attempting to legalize gambling on sports in the state of Nevada. And of course, when the Supreme Court ruled uh, that PASPA was no longer in force countrywide and that it was up to the individual states to decide if they wanted to have sports gambling, then I knew it was going to uh, take off. And of course, since then, DraftKings has come in and they have bought and they have purchased the VSIN franchise. So actually, in effect, uh, those of us at VSIN now are working for DraftKings and it's been a great, great marriage so far. And they're one of the big, big operators, as you know, when it comes to sports gambling, legal in 30 states. And that'll grow. Uh, Florida, California, Texas, 
they will in the next few years. They'll come on board too, Jim. So uh, it, it's a growth sport. I knew how much was going on with illegal bookmakers and offshore books. I knew how much interest there was, especially with regards to the NFL. And so did Pete Rozelle and, and the original owners. They, they knew it too. And uh, so, you know, it's gone from there. And you've seen how the league has embraced it and with open arms and why not i think the revenue to the nfl was well north of a couple hundred million dollars last year in advertising revenue i'm not surprised that a player uh was found guilty of gambling on games calvin ridley the wide receiver i knew it was going to come uh, and we will have more instances because human nature is human nature and nothing's going to be changed i do think the ncaa in particular has to be extremely careful because those youngsters are not paid the kind of revenue that that our major athletes are. It would take billions and billions of dollars to outright fix a game in the NFL or MLB or the National Hockey League or the NBA. But you're always going to have somebody I really was not active at the time, was probably bored, uh, was probably thought he knew who was going to win those games, and so he bet into a three-team parlay. Uh, the commissioner probably has known it's going to be coming, and uh, and so be it. You know, we'll live with it, and and hopefully the players will will respond. A, a year, of course, that's what my good friend Paul Horning, uh, along with Alex Karras, they were suspended back in the early '60s uh, by Commissioner Roselle for gambling on the game. And, and I know some people say, "Oh, that's terrible." They get ads, they get revenue, but you really you must protect the integrity of the game. The commissioner did the right thing. I uh, I feel badly for Ridley. He's given up $11 million in salary with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but you have to maintain that rule with, you, with your athletes and your coaches. You said so many things right there that make so much sense, Brent. I mean, you were ahead of it. You understood this. You saw this coming long before most saw this coming. And I know you and I are short on time, but let me really quickly respond to that. I think Ridley, look, I agree with you, by the way, and I'm not going to say we're in the minority, but you absolutely have to protect the integrity of the game, more so now than ever because there are so many people gambling on the game. It used to be that you had to worry about the integrity of the game, Brent, right for the fans. Now it's the fans and the people who are betting. Ridley, you know, I don't know. I understand there's an issue of mental health, and I don't take that lightly at all. I just don't know that his decision to gamble gamble while away from the team was an issue of mental health like I don't know what's in this guy's head or heart but Brent I don't know of a dumber bet than $1,500 for the potential loss of $11 million in your own name with your own phone in your own account I'm having a little trouble wrapping my head around that no you are 100% right in everything you said about the bet it was not a wise bet okay to begin with and when you've got $11 million, and believe me, he knew the rules. Listen, everybody in the NFL knows the rules. They've got the signs still up inside the locker rooms. That goes for every one of our major sports. And, and he should have known better. And you must, just as you pointed out, because of the growth of gambling around the game, it's more important than ever to protect the integrity of it. And I, I thought the commissioner did the right thing. I do, too. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you are a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply.
So leave me with a final thought, Brent. I want you to help me with this because I've always said that in back in the day, because like, like you, I haven't done this as long as you have, but I've done it longer than most now. I've reached that point in my life. But I was always that guy, Brent, who said, I love the games. I love the games. I don't need any side action to watch and love a game. But even as somebody who has made a living now for decades, watching and breaking down games in every sport, Brent, I can't believe how different the experience of watching any sport or any game is with some action. And it doesn't even matter how big of a wager it is. It just gives you, it's different. The whole experience is different. Is that the way it feels to you? And if so, how do you explain that? Uh, It's always that way because you have a stake in the game, whether it's a $20 bet or a $2,000 bet, it really, it, it doesn't matter. Um, the other night I bet, uh, I like a grand salami just for fun. And to explain that, in the National Hockey League, especially up in Canada, all the games that are played on a given night, there's an over-under number on the total number of goals. And the over-under, it was either last Thursday or Tuesday, there's always a big lineup, was 73 and a half. And so I bet just a few bucks on the under, just and it went down to the last game, and I won by the half. They came up with 73 total goals that night, and I had under 73 and a half. But believe me, I was completely engaged with Calgary and Vancouver uh, out west watching right down to the bitter end because I knew it. And it wasn't a big bet. I mean, I was still going to be able to live the next day. But you are involved in the sport uh, more closely I will tell you, in my life, the people who honestly know the most about the games in this country are the professional gamblers. If you go and talk to them about the sports, they watch intently, and they pay very, very close attention to what's going on. And, uh, listen, I get it. Fans are fans. And fans should be, by the way, very, very careful before you just step out and and back your own team every night or whatever sport it might be. Uh, because you're not going to win, all right? It's just the way it is. There are a handful of people who make a living out of this, and and believe me, uh, they don't bet their emotion. Uh, They're very cold-hearted about where they place their money, but they're very knowledgeable about what they're doing, and, and they pay very, very special attention. But it adds a different element. Now, I don't have to uh, have a bet on a game that I'm watching uh, to enjoy it, uh, for example, the Vegas Golden Knights, I pay special attention to them. Uh, my wife and I go to games here in Las Vegas and watch. And, and I can watch them on any given night without, without any action at all. Uh, no, it's a, it's a very different pull, Jim. You pointed it out when you have action. At, listen, it's like going to the races. I mean, who'd want to go on a Saturday afternoon to a big card uh, any place without having a little bet? I mean, it's different when you're watching your horse come out of that far turn and he's got a chance to win that race and they, and they go head to head from the 16th pole in. I mean, it, it, it's very, very different. You nailed it. So one last thought, Brent, really quickly. I love that you're spending as much time in the summertime still in Montana as you do. We we had a house in Big Sky for about a decade, and we bought it as a summer home. I didn't like the cold weather. We tried to ski, and we did it. But I, I love, love the state of Montana. I love it in the summertime, so I'm glad that you get to spend as much time there as you do. Leave me with this thought finally. What's it been like for you to live and work in Las Vegas? Well, it's very different. Listen, uh, for food, this may be the greatest city in the country. Now, I used to love New York. 
Uh, and I thought New York food, especially Italian food, uh, you couldn't beat it. And there were some great steakhouses and, and great places to hang out and have a cold beer. Uh, but when it comes to quality food and a variety of places to go, uh, I rate Las Vegas right at the top. And, of course, you've got entertainment and shows. And now, Jim, the big thing is when the Raiders came in here and Mark Davis was able to get a Legion Stadium built, uh, it's, it's a huge attraction. And, and all of the fans of the different teams who listen to your podcast and your broadcast live, when your favorite team comes in here to play the Raiders, uh, I urge you go ahead and make plans early to come in because you will enjoy it. From the strip, you can walk over to Allegiant Stadium. You've got the entertainment, and you're going to like the stadium. Believe me, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, stadium, and it has added so much here to the scene in Las Vegas. So I really enjoy it, Jim. And the Super Bowl will be there in a couple of years, Brent, as you know. Let me say, first of all, I want to thank you so much for spending time. And what an absolute pleasure. And I enjoyed this so much, Brent. And honestly, it is truly inspiring to me. I absolutely love the work that you're doing right now, the way you're going after it, the passion you still have, the energy you still have. You sound as good as you ever have, Brent. I really appreciate you and that conversation so much. Thank you for making time, Brent. That was an absolute blast. Thanks. I had a great time, Jim, and you keep it up. Just remember my advice. Never retire, young man. Never retire. So if I'm being totally honest, I am in awe of Brent. As if there was any doubt, but the man still has it. In fact, he sounds better than ever before. Again, he's 82 years old. Still locked in, still sharp, still relevant, still working his ass off, and still has a voice that can transport any sports fan back in time to countless classic moments. The man is simply put a living legend if there ever was one. So I greatly appreciate the time that he carved out for that extended chat. I hope you got as much out of that and enjoyed that as much as I did. If so, and if you're interested in more free, premium, unfiltered content just like that, then you found exactly the right podcast. Because we've got over 200 episodes already banked and waiting for you to give a spin. And we are still pumping out a brand new gem on the weekly, such as episode 213, which will land everywhere you get your podcasts a week from right now. So if you take a second and you subscribe, that episode will find you and you'll never have to look for it. So if you don't mind, consider finding and smashing that subscribe button. And in the meantime, while you do that, I will hit you with your voicemails. First new message. Hey, Jim. It's Rob from Reno. You know, I had this dream last night. It was you and the XR4TI blazing across the sky, looking like a comet that was going to blow up the Earth. And I thought, oh, my God, there's going to be a disaster. But lo and behold, you landed on a lake, a cutter ship that transformed from a comet to an old 1800s-style ship. And I knew right then and there, everything was going to be all right. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Van Smack? This is Gertrude in L.A. My husband already cleaned out all the stores here. So can you please tell me if the Walgreens in Orange County have any more dental dams? Thank you. And more old lady clones. Message deleted.
Next message. Hey, Jim, what's up? This is David from Buffalo. you, you got to be really stupid to think that Rob Manfred is a good commissioner. This guy is a fucking moron. I mean, this guy's working on his fucking golf swing in between the negotiations. I mean, what kind of turd is this guy? I mean, this guy did, does nothing to grow the game. He doesn't care about baseball at all. This guy is a complete asshat. He's an idiot. He should go back to upstate New York and milk cows where he belongs because he's a moron. Romy, by my count, I'd rather watch lacrosse. And I'm going to tell you one thing right now, Manfred. You're the biggest problem of, of them all, and the owners and the players need to get you the fuck out of there. Message saved. Next message. Romy, Dendio in Pittsburgh. Hey, listen to that Chuck Klosterman interview. Great job. One thing that really hit me square in the face was the selling out comment. Back in the day, late 90s, selling out was a bad thing. Now all we do is just hop on social media and sell ourselves out. Give us sponsors. Name, image, likeness. It's an interesting turn. Keep up the good work, man. Love the side hustle. Later. Message saved. Next message. Romy Rome. Rome Slice. The Romeister. Yo, Marky Mark from Western New York here, man. Long time listener. First time calling. I just been on a bid listening to some old time in the podcast, you know, Holly Robinson P and some Bill Romanowski, David Goggins to mention a few. Gotta either get good or get gone because everything you want is on the other side of hard. Unwar people that actually drive the speed limit when it's clearly meant to be a suggestion. War the Bills being the only team that actually resides in New York. War 420 Nation. Peace. Message saved. Next message. What's up, man? Smack is Brady. With all the athlete and actor talk, I had to ask you, have you seen Game of Death? Now, I'm not about to compare Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to Tom Hanks or anything, but when he fought Bruce Lee, it was a pretty dope scene. Anyways, I'll talk to you later. Message saved. Next message. Romy, it's Juice and Brentwood. Just wanted to give a shout-out to Alvy. How does he do the week that was? And then something you said like two minutes before he did it, he includes it with the week that was. I'm, I'm blown away. How does he record the sound of something and then play it? Is it magic? I mean, I'm just, I'm floored. I've been trying to figure it out. I don't understand how somebody can record something and then immediately play it. I'm shocked, bro. Message deleted. You have no more messages.